The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to stop wasting time and make a shift towards enhanced productivity? Welcome to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration, featuring your host, David B. Savage. In our program, we will show you how leaders and their organizations are using collaboration to innovate and move ahead of their competition. It's not just about customers or employees or the board. It's working together throughout your company and with your stakeholders. Now, here is David B. Savage. Welcome, listeners across the planet. Today is a special day. Today is International Conflict Resolution Day. And thank you to Justin, Nick, um, Camille with the Voice America. Uh, Thanks for making this so easy. Today I'm thinking about collaboration in sports. Pretty much every sport requires some or a lot of collaboration between players, coaches, owners, marketing, finance, operations. Take a moment to think about the collaboration in football, world football, volleyball, hockey, lacrosse, even tennis. No one plays well alone. No one wins without collaboration. Now, I've loved sports and been reasonably active in my life, and as I move through my middle age, I know I must get more active, not less. And keep moving. I love to hike, bike, kayak, walk, ski, cross-country ski, snowshoe, and more. This summer, I did a backpacking trip on Canada's wild Great Divide Trail, mountain climbed a Via Ferrata near Banff, and rode in two Grand Fondo road biking events. Move it or lose it, says the Heart and Stroke Foundation. And nature gives me energy. In the Banff Grand Fondo, riding the beautiful Bow Valley Parkway, and that is such a beautiful parkway between Lake Louise and Banff, Alberta. I'm not a fast competitive rider, but I am determined and I love the endorphins that come with action. During the Banff ride, the experienced fast riders and teams would cut in front of me and it would scare me a bit. I like riding alone, at my own pace, and I am slow. There would be a conflict between the fast teams and the slow riders. Think of the peloton where riders tightly grouped together at high speeds. According to Wikipedia, the peloton, that's the peloton, travels as an integrated unit, similar in some respects to birds flying in formation. With each rider making slight adjustments, in response to their adjacent riders, particularly the one in front of each, and, and the one in front of each is, uh, can be inches going you know, 30, 40 miles an hour. It's, it's a little strange for those of us that are not used to the peloton. Now, when developed, the riders at the front are exposed to higher loads and will tend to slip off the front in order to rejoin the pack further back. With sufficient room to maneuver, this may develop into a fluid situation where the center of the peloton appears to be pushing through its own leading edge. 
speed, like drafting race, like drafting in race car driving, like you see on semi-trailers on the highway. Well, in the Fondo, in the Grand Fondo, several riders passed me, and I decided to keep up instead of getting nervous or or shaky or pissed off. I decided I'm going to keep up. Guess what? The Peloton pulled me along. It was so much less work. See how a Peloton is a collaboration that makes the long road race much less work for those in it? Think of the Tour de France. Visualize the Peloton in collaboration. So a Peloton felt like conflict to me. Then I learned how it would make my work easier. Well, if I could keep up for more than a short distance... Yeah, I couldn't. This summer, I also rode in the great Kootenay Rockies Grand Fondo near Cranbrook, British Columbia, my home. By the way, thanks so much for the Sunrise Rotary in Cranbrook, Kimberley Rotary, the Wasa Lions Club, and the Canadian Rockies International Airport. Especially the hundreds of volunteers that make the Kootenay Rockies Grand Fondo one of the best anywhere. And I say anywhere. That weekend in early September, my grandkids, Sarah, who's six, and Quinn, who's eight, rode in their very first kids' fondo. We all had a great blast. Here's a potential conflict. After riding 90 kilometers, or 55 miles, I crossed the Fort Steele Bridge and was riding toward the long hill, the Fort Steele Hill that goes up for, I think it's about four kilometers and about an 8% grade. I was about... 30 meters or 100 feet behind the group, suddenly a large male grizzly or brown bear came out of the ditch behind the group and in front of me. Beautiful, large, cinnamon-colored brown bear. Now, the Kootenai Rockies have been called the Serengeti of North America by National Geographic. We live in an incredible natural Rocky Mountain environment. Bears are common, but I did not expect to have one run 30 meters in front of me and rise up on his back legs. He was surprised to see me, and I was surprised to see him. I stopped immediately. No bear mace. Now, if you're backpacking, hiking, you got to have bear mace around here, but not on a road bike. Nothing to protect me, so I stopped and waited to see what he would do. And after a 90-kilometer ride so far that day, I wasn't going to turn around with bear, that isn't a very good idea to run away anyways. So looking at each other, we noticed something. Uh, We noticed that there was a truck coming down the hill from the opposite direction. The truck scared the bear back into the ditch and that grizzly uh, ran away for a distance. And luckily that truck stopped to look. While that truck was between me and the grizzly, I pedaled my ass up that hill. It was uh, motivating. So road bike races have shown me conflict with the Peloton. I learned to use their energy and ride with less resistance. Road bike races gave me a grizzly bear. By stopping and not reacting, I found a way to where I needed to be. Embrace conflict. Don't fear it. Today's show is Embrace Conflict. In my upcoming book, Breakthrough to Yes, I set out 10 essential steps to collaboration Last week, we talked about be aware. This week, we talk embrace conflict. Next week, seek diversity. Now, this show 
also features two respected international leaders in conflict resolution and difficult conversations, divorce and tough talk. I'm grateful that over my 40-year career in agreement and relationship building and business development, I've met and become friends with so many amazing souls. Two more join us today. Our featured guests today are Esther Bluell of California and Jeffrey Cohen of New York. Key messages. One, dialogue allows us to create meaning together. Shared meaning. Two, conflict, if positively responded to, can generate possibilities and strong relationships. Three, Ethics and standards provide integrity to any process that builds understanding, trust, and ultimately, agreement. So let's look at the personal dynamics within your company. I've been a leader in organizations for decades. I've also been a professional executive coach for the past eight years. It seems the following challenges arise during almost every coaching conversation I've had in the last number of months. How do I deal with a command and control or bully boss? Does that resonate with you? Another question that I hear very often is, how do I deal with a team that's so negative and finds fault but rarely looks for solutions? The negative Nellies sit back and watch others. Where does a boss cross the line between assertiveness and being a bully? What self-awareness might grow when we increase our internal radar for when we may be crossing that line. What part of the negative team energy have you contributed to? When are you ready for tough talk? How will you make the changes you need? These are profound questions. Profound questions that a coach can help you with and you can reflect on in this moment or today and tonight. What about accountability? You know, there is a line. If a team isn't accountable and they do whatever they want, where's the transition point from support to firing or letting them go? You know, send me your ideas and thoughts, davidsavagemanage.com, and share your solutions. I'll share them in future broadcasts. Think about this. What about your accountability? What can you change that makes a difference, a positive difference, when you're in a situation with a bully boss or you're leading a team that just seems immovable and negative? Now, we're going to go, before we talk to Esther Bluell, we're going to listen to my friend Chuck Rose's song, Win or Walk Away. And you can hear it and... and, uh, Find out more about Chuck at chuckrose.ca. Here's Winner Walk Away. You say you've got to win at any cost. No golden rule, no line you haven't crossed. Who cares if Mother Earth's in tatters? You're the only one that matters. Sorry, buddy, you've already lost. I have a dream that there's enough for everyone And it's not about who's lost and who has won It's so simple, it's so wise No defeat, no compromise It's the future, it's already begun So find a win, win, win 
walk away Everybody wins or find a better way No exceptions, no excuses No one wins if someone loses It's a brand new game and that's the way we play Confrontation's a mistake that we've outgrown I know I'm better off with you than on my own When we change the way we start The intention in our heart Makes us more than we could ever be alone The whole is greater than the sum of all the parts It's a game that we've all won before it starts So let's choose the very best together we'll break through the years When we lead with love and follow with our hearts So it's a win, win, win or walk away Everybody wins or find a better way No exceptions, no excuses No one wins if someone loses It's a brand new game and that's the way we play It's got to be for everyone It's not for just a few The only way that I win Is if you were winning too It's more than economics It's not taught in any schools This game of life is ours And we're changing all the rules So find a win, win, win Or walk away Everybody wins Or find a better way No exceptions, no excuses No one wins if someone loses It's a brand new game and that's the way we play So find a win, win, win or walk away Find a win, win, win or walk away Find a win, win, win or walk away When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here Voice America Business Network David B. Savage and his upcoming book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, delivers a proven process to make collaboration work for you and your company. While creating the conditions that promote innovation and breakthroughs within and across your business and network, seize this opportunity to join a movement of progressive, principled, and successful leaders. Engage with David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes today. Bring him to speak to your organization and engage his executive coaching and business consulting. See much more at davidbsavage.com. Savage's book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, will be published worldwide in February 2016. His co-shared book, Ready, Aim, Excel, 52 Leadership Lessons, is an international business bestseller on Amazon. Contact us now for a free 30-minute conversation on how more collaborative leadership may benefit you by visiting davidbsavage.com. That's davidbsavage.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Dave at savagemanage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. 
We have Esther Blauel from Westlake Village, California with us right now. Esther has agreed to uh, talk to me. I've met Esther in Los Angeles um, about two years ago, and she very much impressed me for her ability to do the Tough Talk. In fact, her website is toughtalkcoach.com. Uh, Esther Blauel is a Master of Arts, training to empower employees to resolve conflict successfully and with confidence and to deal with challenging people effectively. Esther, thank you so much for uh, giving your wisdom. One of the things that I'm delighted is that so many great people like you have stepped up to collaborate with me on this radio show. Um, hello, and just Hi. maybe provide a little more in, uh, information on the work that you do, Esther. Well, it's very exciting to talk with you, Dave, because I so much respect your commitment to collaboration and uh, so I've been thinking about talking to you a little bit, and it seems to me that, you know, my background is in business and teaching and doing conflict, and it seems to me that trust is the cornerstone of many things, certainly relationships, and but with regard to you, collaboration, because true collaboration requires risk-taking. And when people don't feel safe and comfortable, they they don't really open up and and show up with their entire integrated self. So when you come from a place of integrity and you can be clear about what you actually mean and you have the confidence to kind of know what you know, then you're, you are available to listen deeply to other people. And I like the word um, dialogue more than the word conversation with regard to uh, collaboration because dialogue really is to create meaning together so that I, and we had this experience when we were together, that um, that I would say something that would spark an idea in you, you would add to it, then I would think of something I hadn't thought of before based on what you said. And so it was a true dialogue which really began to be a collaboration, which is bigger than just, you know, one interaction. And so that, that ability to... Um, trust and when people come from a place of integrity then you're able to be compassionate and really not judgmental and really able to see different perspectives and hear different voices and then take risks you know that idea about even doing improv where you can connect things that you might not have thought of based on what's happening with other people in in the process so that that sounds like uh incredibly rewarding work and thank you for the uh your friendship and your collaboration um isn't it easier just for me to play small and hold my cards really tight and not trust you and let you do all the work Sure, it is, but then we don't get too far, and it's not very fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you. You like to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's just like, wow, 
That was a fantastic response. I was I was <laughs> expecting that from you, Esther. Is uh, play big and and what I hear you say constantly and what you do with your clients is actually help them to to open up, express their needs, and then well, build think, more than. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Esther. I just I think um, you know the way that we learned is you would learn a skill and then you would practice it and try it and as you began to internalize you know a learning or a lesson or a skill you then have confidence with it and so as you do that and start to share those things with other people it's really exciting and so you know sometimes you can prevent problems sometimes you have to fix them sometimes you get to create you know, new ideas and solutions, and which is what you're doing with the, you know, really different new ways, you know, to look at things and to solve problems and imagine. It, it's exciting. If, if you were to challenge our listeners to just one thing that they might be more aware of today, what might that be, Esther? I think... The thing that I see the most is that people, uh, individuals, uh, myself included, have a hard time staying in their own chair and understanding that the power that you have when you are really in alignment, right, with your words and actions and all that, and you're in a place of integrity, and then you can truly be available to hear somebody else and not be triggered, not react to them, but to be able to be present with another person. I think so often we get anxious, we get scared, aggravated, annoyed, worried, whatever, and then we try to fix a problem. We try to make it be different, and then we kind of start causing trouble, if you will, when yeah. we are reaching out or getting out of our chair, so to speak. And the more you can stay grounded in your own self and be available to interact with somebody else, I think managing yourself, you know, Goldman's emotional intelligence and social intelligence, you know, when you can really, really live that, it's so powerful. Yes, and now together we're bringing collaborative intelligence. Esther Blowell, toughtalkcoach.com. Thank you so much, Esther, for your words of wisdom. Thank you, Dave. It was great talking to you. Now, here is an excerpt from Breakthrough DS, the book that uh, I'm publishing next February. Too often, leaders avoid conflict, give in, get reactionary, or waste resources focusing on being right punishing, or paying off those who oppose. Yeah, those who oppose are trouble. Such leaders provide an incentive to be a dysfunctional team. They create teams that are just like them, homogeneous, groupthink, yes men, yes women. Around the world, the best performing teams have one thing in common. They embrace conflict, hate groupthink, and seek out those who disagree or challenge the team. Even better, a challenge within the team. Avoiding conflict is a major mistake. Conflict is positive in many ways. It indicates that the organization employs and supports people who speak up for what is most important, their values and those of their communities and stakeholders. 
A high-functioning team or organization finds their wisdom through adversarial perspectives. A high-performing organization also embraces all personality strengths and styles. The different perspectives allow the organization to experience the responses and outcomes internally before the proposal or plan goes out the door. Leaders who embrace diverse perspectives and challengers from within will find their culture dynamic, inclusive, agile, and successful. Consider this from my friend Pierre Alvarez. Pierre is the former president of the Canadian Association of Petroleum Producers. In a world where technologies such as smartphones, email, and the cloud make working alone, isolated by both distance and time, the need for collaboration has never been greater. Yeah, the need for collaboration has never been better, never been greater or better. The business world, and in oil and gas in particular, due to the almost endless list of lives that it affects, must resist the temptation to use these tools as ways to avoid collaboration emails, meetings, clouds, phones. Just talk face-to-face. Don't avoid conflict. So Pierre continues on, saying, I sent an email is just not good enough. Rather, business should use these tools to generate more effort and enthusiasm to work together with all stakeholders to resolve issues before they reach confrontation. If one believes the old adage that two heads are better than one, imagine the possibilities of harnessing the creativity and wisdom of thousands enabled by even faster and more inclusive technology. So thank you for that, uh, Pierre. Uh, I think, you know, in Canada, in small towns, small cities, and around the world, with the trend to mega cities, the youth wanting to live in large metropolises, uh, those of us, for example, in the Kootenai Rockies of British Columbia, uh, are looking for ways to uh, for greater economic development. Uh, Laura Humel, uh, Becky Palkinen, and I have been spending months and months, probably about a year now. Uh, working on economic development from a multi-stakeholder uh, perspective to create a center of excellence where we build collaborative leadership skills amongst those regional leaders and their organizations. We build a place where we can learn where the resources are, whether they're in Kimberley, whether they're in Timbuktu, whether they're in Languedoc, France, um, or Romania, we know where those resources are and we seek out the resources that are most appropriate. And then we take the highest priorities for economic development and move them forward together. Now, this is a slow process. Admittedly, even in my own backyard, uh, I get frustrated because people think that means calling a meeting every three months and brainstorming. Um, That's a start, that's just not good enough. More meetings with more than the same people in control do not make a peloton. They do not 
make that shift easier. Uh, but it takes time to build that culture of collaboration. We're going to take a break now, and after the break, my good friend Jeff Cohen will join us. Thank you. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. If you're interested in gaining strategies to be more successful both at work and your personal life, check out Turn the Page with host Hemda Mizrahi. It's all about building new habits and perspectives. The show helps you identify the changes you need to make that align with your values and priorities. And then apply these principles to your career, health, social life, and other areas. These are proven techniques that work. Turn the Page airs live Fridays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. David B. Savage and his upcoming book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, delivers a proven process to make collaboration work for you and your company. While creating the conditions that promote innovation and breakthroughs within and across your business and network, seize this opportunity to join a movement of progressive, principled, and successful leaders. Engage with David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes today. Bring him to speak to your organization and engage his executive coaching and business consulting. See much more at davidbsavage.com. Savage's book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, will be published worldwide in February 2016. His co-shared book, Ready, Aim, Excel, 52 Leadership Lessons, is an international business bestseller on Amazon. Contact us now for a free 30-minute conversation on how more collaborative leadership may benefit you by visiting davidbsavage.com. That's davidbsavage.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Dave at savagemanage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. On this international conflict resolution day, I'm just so delighted to have my good friend Jeff Cohen join us. Jeff has been a mediator and facilitator in private practice since 1991, concentrating in the resolution of disputes involving business, commercial, organizational, workplace, labor, and domestic relations issues. Now that's softly put, domestic relations issues. (laughs) Good morning. (laughs) <laughs> he is presently on a national mediation roster serving the United States Department of the Interior, a New York State roster mediating labor contracts for the Public Employee Relations Board, and is a mediator for the City of Albany, New York. Jeff is on the board of directors, also served on the board of directors because he's just recently stepped off, of the Association for Conflict Resolution from 2008 until 2014 and acted as chairman of the ACR Ethics Committee. Since completing his term on the ACR board, 
Jeff continues as co-chair of the ACR Ethics Committee. Ethics are fundamental to Jeff. Nature is fundamental to Jeffrey Cohen. And uh, action, action. He's, uh, he's a great friend. And uh, Jeff, I'll just stop talking. Tell me more about you and the work that you do. Oh boy. Um, well, uh, the work that I do is, is mediation primarily. I do some facilitation work for larger groups as well. But my job is to help, in most cases, small groups and uh, individuals collaborate because, in fact, that's what mediation really is. It's about helping folks eliminate or lessen fear. Some of the things that Esther said are, I could just sit here and say ditto. Um, her, uh, she was very articulate about these things. Um, ethics are a very important part of my life, a very important part of how I practice. Um, you know, we can have that discussion now about what that is. Uh, yeah, I think it's really important. Uh, yeah. That for example, in my, uh, my local Rotary Club yesterday, I did a presentation on uh, values and ethics. And uh, here's, Rotarians are pretty uh, giving, altruistic, uh, strong, trustworthy people generally. And uh, every time we need to revisit this situation about what are ethics and how does that guide me? So tell us how, how you help guide us. Okay. Well, let's start with the underlying framework. Uh, the ethics that I abide by are the uh, uh, standards of practice, uh, model standards, if you will, that were um, um, adopted by or approved by the American Bar Association in conjunction with the Association for Conflict Resolution, the organization that I'm involved with, and the American Arbitration Association back in 2005. Uh, On top of that, I abide by the ethical principles that I helped to create I co-authored them about seven years ago, eight years ago. Uh, These are the ACR ethical principles, which are the lens through which we see, our organization sees and interprets the ethical standards. And from my standpoint, whether I'm working with a small group, a large group, uh, just two individuals in a divorcing situation, I want to make sure they understand that there is integrity to the process. And there are six areas where we talk about integrity. Uh, Number one, uh, the idea that mediation is about uncoerced self-determination of all issues by the participants, that it's not my job, nor is it my, uh, in in any way, my thought that I am going to be making decisions for them. It's not a directive process by the person sitting in front of them. It is, in fact, uh, uh, their job and their choice to make their own decisions. Um, Secondly, I talk about the fact that I am impartial uh, at all times. I'm on both of their sides and no side, as I like to say. Um, My job is to use the various interventions and techniques that I'm trained in to help them have, as Esther talked about, the dialogue, not a debate. My job essentially is to change the culture of their conflict by creating a specific structure around their discussions so that they can perhaps see things differently. Um, I like Albert Einstein's uh, view of this, where he says that uh, no problem can be solved by the consciousness that created it. We must see the world anew. I see my role as the impartial uh, 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 facilitator, if you will, or mediator, as to help people see their conflict anew. Um, Number three, 
uh, I have to talk to them about what a conflict of interest is and under what circumstances I may or may not be able to continue with a case or how we can avoid those things moving forward. Appearances of impropriety we talk about. Um, we talk about my competence. I'm not going to take a case if I'm not competent to do the work. So it's important that they understand my training and my background. Um, we talk about confidentiality, which is a very important concept. And finally, we talk about quality of process. Um, and I find that when my folks come in to talk to me for an initial interview, they walk out feeling very safe and very comfortable because they understand the process. They understand that there, is a, there are a set of standards, by the way, which I give out to everybody that walks through the door. So they can take them home with them. So let me um, let me just sure. ask Jeff uh, for our, our listeners, our audience today, who are getting very interested in what you're saying. Mm-hmm. How can they access that information? Uh, go to the Association for Conflict Resolution website, acrnet.org, and they will be able to download those ethical principles. Uh, the both the the uh, principles and the, and the practice standards. They're all there. There are also other ethics that relate to every single section at ACR. For example, there's a family section that has their own set of ethics. There's a workplace section, on and on and on. They all have the, the, you know, uh, similar practice standards that dovetail with these greater standards. Thank you. I think that's a great resource and a reference. And I'm, I'm hearing you say ethics is the foundation. Absolutely. You create a different structure. And a big part of that is trust and openness. What else? Safety. Again, Esther talked about that. Uh, I see my role as a mediator is in creating shift, the shift from fear, trepidation, misunderstanding to understanding. And I see this as one of uh, my uh, uh, initial interventions, if you will, with groups, is that I am going to, in the very beginning, make them feel safe and comfortable with the process. In, in a way, it's a buy-in to the process. Uh, if everybody's willing to drink my Kool-Aid, guess what? We're going to get something accomplished. And part of that is understanding my role and what it is that I do. Yeah, so, it's, maybe what's coming up for me, Jeff, is the... Uh, it's almost like a conundrum. Well, Jeff and Dave, you're saying embrace conflict, and the first thing you want me to do is feel comfortable. Absolutely. You know, there's a thread that I I can't remember. I would like to give credit where credit is due, but probably 30 years ago, I remember reading an article that stayed with me uh, on mediation. And the thread is, number one, you create the safe space for people to, be in, uh, to come into. Whether in a large group it's a U-shaped room or working within circles or whether it's in uh, an, an open seating arrangement in a comfortable place for folks that are going through uh, divorce. You've, number one, you create the safe space. Number two, you create the safe dialogue within that safe space. Again, it's my job to help them have the dialogue, not the debate. My job is to change the culture of how they conflict one another and to get them beyond their own automatic behaviors. And again, whether it's an individual or an organization, we all have automatic behaviors uh, and lenses through which we see a conflict. And it's my job to take people 180 degrees or organizations 180 degrees from themselves 
so they can again, as Albert Einstein said, see their conflict anew. Uh, so safe space, safe dialogue, what does that do? It creates understandings. And, and, you know, and, and for me, that's where the shifts tend to occur is, aha, I've never heard that before. Gee, I didn't understand that that's what you were trying to do in that circumstance. Those types of things, those are those aha moments, the holy grail for a mediator. And those understandings, the dialogue and the understandings create the T word, trust. And let's, understandings let's, and trust, you know, get to the agreement. So it's that process. Yeah, let's let's go a little bit uh, back to that when the shift happens. It, it's fascinating to me that when that shift happens, it doesn't mean you agree with me. It's you understand me at that point. Absolutely. And, and, and tell us a little more about the magic of that moment. To, to me, that's, that is magic. Well, it is magic because... In all of the years that I've been doing mediation and facilitation work, I don't think we've been able to capture exactly when and in what circumstances that shift occurs. It's our job, essentially, to plow the fertile ground, plant the seed, uh, and, and allow these, these shifts to happen. Sometimes it occurs as a result of following this general thread. And of course, for everybody listening, there are hundreds of psychologically-based interventions and techniques that are used throughout this thread to help, you know, folks to, you know, to, uh, to gain their understandings. But there are times, and I had a case that I, I, I like to talk about, and I'll make it as brief as possible, a very powerful, very wealthy couple, both of them used to getting their way. For four or five sessions, I was getting nowhere with them. I came back to my office. I scratched my head. I pulled out Ken's, Ken Cloak's book, Mediating Dangerously. I talked to a colleague. I came up with a whole set of questions that these folks, uh, uh, to, to help these folks perhaps open their heart space. And I came back to the table with them the following day, and I started asking them these questions. And then all of a sudden, he started to cry. It was the first time there was any chink in the armor at all. He started to cry. She put her hand on his knee. She stood up. She went over and hugged him. At 6'4", 230 pounds, I just disappeared in the room and let them have their cry and their, and, and their discussion. And they came back to the table, and literally within the next two or three hours, they resolved everything. Yeah. When I asked them later, why, what happened? What was it about those questions? Well, I was humbled in that moment because he said, I had no idea where you were going with those questions. They didn't speak to me. But what did speak to me was the fact that you were dedicated to our needs, you were dedicated to try to help us, and I felt comfortable enough for the first time in my life to cry in the presence of a man. Hmm. Just being there and caring can create the shift as well. And as I tell you this story in its very shortened fashion, I'm getting the hair uh, uh, going up on the back of my neck because that is magic. It wasn't what I intended. But the process, going through the process, it was something that, that came from it. It was unintentional on my part, except for the fact that obviously I do care about my clients and I'm passionate about them. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, now, you and I and many others are building the Collaborative Global Initiative. Uh, we, don't, <laughs> we don't have uh, any time left to talk about CGI, but I will mention that uh, Duncan, Autry, uh, Kathy Porter, uh, uh, Sarah Deitch, uh, Charlie Graydon, um, 
and many others are creating this international network of mediators, facilitators, and system design professionals that provide assessment, training, facilitation, mediation, and process design services to help multi-stakeholders work together to achieve common goals. That's collaborativeglobalinitiative.com. As we close this segment, Jeff, um, in this moment, what's one thing that you choose to invite our audience to do or become more aware of when it comes to collaboration? We all have automatic behaviors. If all of us are uh, honest with ourselves, we know that when we conflict with others, it's always in the same way or has similar characteristics. I would invite everybody to be thinking about their own automatic behaviors and what you bring to the conflict. And I think this is a thread. I think Esther said something similar, or you did. Uh, But I think that that is incredibly important. Conflict is a matter of choice. The more aware we are of our own underlying natures, the less conflict we will have and the more understandings we can gain. Thank you so much, my good friend Jeff Cohen from Albany. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Be well. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. David B. Savage and his upcoming book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, delivers a proven process to make collaboration work for you and your company, while creating the conditions that promote innovation and breakthroughs within and across your business and network. Seize this opportunity to join a movement of progressive, principled, and successful leaders. Engage with David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes today. Bring him to speak to your organization and engage his executive coaching and business consulting. See much more at davidbsavage.com. Savage's book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, will be published worldwide in February 2016. His co-shared book, Ready, Aim, Excel, 52 Leadership Lessons, is an international business bestseller on Amazon. Contact us now for a free 30-minute conversation on how more collaborative leadership may benefit you by visiting davidbsavage.com. That's davidbsavage.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Dave at savagemanage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. Before the break, we were talking with Jeff Cohen. And during the break, Jeff and I were saying, let's write a book called Shift Happens. Uh, Shift does happen. Trust it. Trust the other that's standing up to me. And before that, we talked with Esther Bluell about tough talk and saying it's what's real but not necessarily easy. I just want to take a moment um, Tomorrow I'll be going to the celebration of life of another good friend, Dale Fisher in Calgary. Dale and I 
wrote articles, spoke, uh, created uh, not-for-profits around conflict resolution and negotiation best practices. So condolences to Dale's family, especially to Kyla, who's doing this great work in Colorado now. And um, our listener, my listener, you think about your legacy. Think about what you can create from conflict. Other friends, um, Doug Stone and Sheila Heen, along with Bruce Patton, wrote an excellent book some of you may be aware of, Difficult Conversations, How to Discuss What Matters Most. And in that, I want to give you a quote. In difficult conversations, too often we trade only conclusions back and forth without stepping down to where most of the real action is, the information and interpretations that lead each of us to see the world as we do. Yeah, step down, find that shift. Now each week, I do an outrage of the week because one of the things that we're doing with this Breakthrough to Yes and our collaboration is identifying those things that outrage us on social media, by politicians, by corporate leaders, by environmental leaders. And, and we're working so hard to, in this digital age, this connected age, to circumvent those negative influences, those negative nellies. So the outrage of the week, I want to talk about CO2 emissions and climate change. Uh, Jeff and Kathy Porter and, and others around the world uh, and I in the Collaborative Global Initiative are creating climate adaptation summits. So forget about the argument. Go to, okay, what do we need to do when extreme weather happens? Heads up, we'll be doing the first one in Vancouver in October 2016, and it's being very well received. Now, are fossil fuels bringing the death of mankind? Or is this a predictable weather trend that we have seen over the past 10,000 years? The fingers start pointing at each other. Then the money rolls in for environmental activist organizations. Significant money rolls into environmental organizations that are against the Canadian oil sands. I'm told that a significant part of the money that comes from billionaire American oil men. Hmm, interesting. Why would that be? A little bit of a conflict there. Integrity, I question. Fossil fuel energy producers are condemned. Renewable energy is seen as the only way to save our, ourselves. Then the learning pretty much disappears from all of that division and accusation and shaming, that outrage. What if we were looking at all of this conflict with blindness? What if there is another perspective that has taken a backseat to this debate? What if the real inconvenient truth has little to do with where all Al Gore pointed? Cowspiracy. New in 2015 on Netflix. Take a look. It's very well done. Very interesting. And a number of my friends and associates were talking about it. So a couple nights ago, I watched it. Now, as a Western Canadian who cares about the environment, business, and community, mention the name Leonardo DiCaprio and our eyes may roll. We tire of multimillionaire movie stars, rock stars, politicians who fly in in their private jets to dump on Canadians about our oil sands and environmental stewardship. Leonardo 
if you want to make a difference, take a look at Hollywood and California. If you want to talk about Aboriginal rights and entitlements, opportunities, economic development, look at the carbon emissions from your oil. Look at what you've done with those who are not like you. And to Leonardo's credit, he's the executive producer of Cowspiracy. Cowspiracy uh, became so interesting that people like Leonardo uh, jumped on and helped it. And, and thank you for that. So here's a reading from the Cowspiracy. That's Conspiracy, but Cowspiracy website. Cowspiracy may be the most important film made to inspire saving the planet. Another quote, a documentary that will rock and inspire the environmental movement. According to Wikipedia, Cowspiracy, the Sustainability Secret, is a documentary film produced and directed by Kip Anderson and Keegan Kuhn. The film explores the devastating impact of ag animal agriculture on the environment and investigates the policies of environmental organizations on this issue. Environmental organizations investigated in the film include Greenpeace, Sierra Club, Surf Rider, Rainforest Action Network, and many more. Now, while the Canadian oil sands are per and perceived inaction by oil companies, the provincial and federal governments of Canada are the target of most every activist communications. That's coming from Washington, from London, from all over the world. Damn you Canadians and your oil sands. Well, guess what? The oil sands are responsible for less than 1% of global carbon emissions. So what is responsible? According to Cowspiracy, ranching and agriculture are responsible for a huge part of the greenhouse gas emissions. Why target oil sands and not cows? Why have the environmental activists decided to deceive? Watch Cowspiracy for some insights. It's very interesting. It's engaging, well done. It makes me think of becoming a vegan. Yeah, truly. Uh, they've got a 30-day challenge, uh, vegetarian or vegan uh, challenge, and I'm going to do that. But watching any of this, whether it's an oil sands executive, whether it's a, a Leonardo DiCaprio or Neil Young or, or President Obama or Hillary or the Donald Where's the balance? You know, for decades we've known that methane from animals and the clearing of the Amazon is hugely destructive. What changed now? According to the United States Environmental Protection Agency, agriculture is responsible for 14% of 2004 greenhouse gases. Huh, 14% compared to far less than 1%. Now, the producers of Cowspiracy tried many times to... Uh, Get, get the reality, get the environmental groups to bone up. And guess what? It, it didn't work. They didn't want to talk. Now, I'm running out of time, but what I want to say is find out. Talk to the ranchers, the environmentalists, the oil people in your network and get your truth. Today, we explored the wisdom of Esther Blue and Jeffrey Cohen. Thank you for your insights, Jeff and Esther. And this week's key messages are dialogue helps us create meaning together, conflict can generate possibilities and strong relationships, and ethics and standards provide integrity to any process that builds understanding, trust, and ultimately agreement.
Next week's show is Seek Diversity. And we have Joan Goldsmith and Amy Elizabeth Fox, international respected women in leadership and organizational development. So thank you very much for your time today. Embrace conflict. Look for it and see how you can turn it positive. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in this week to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. Your host, David B. Savage, invites you to join us again for another engaging episode next Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a breakthrough week.